0: Mother's Day today, Uh, if you haven't called your mom yet, do it. I called my mom uh, right before church, left a voicemail, so I get half credit for calling my mom. Uh, I'll complete the rest of that course later on this afternoon. Uh, But my mom lives in Southern California. This is a picture of us in about 1981, I think. Uh, My mom is awesome. She is loving and caring, uh, and I'm going to talk to her later on today because I'm doing my job. Everybody else, if you haven't talked to your mom yet today, talk to your mom. Uh, if she is still on earth, let's be great children. But Mother's Day is one of those things, I think, where, where we look at it and we think that we're stuck. We feel like whatever situation we are, positive, negative, whatever, uh, we're just stuck there. And what we're going to look at today is a story where we are anything but stuck. Uh, we're looking at a, in a sorry a life of a godly woman that God completely invades. And of all of the brokenness and of all of the pain that she is stuck in, God wipes it away in the way that only he can. So we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 1. You can go there in your Bible or in your app right now. And we're going to look at five ways that God, or six ways, sorry, that God is good. Six ways that God is really good. And the first of those we're going to pick up right away in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read the whole chapter. So it says, there's a man named Elkanah who lived in Rapha in the region of Zeph in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of some guy with a difficult name. Okay, verse 2. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Paniah, and Paniah had, had children, but Hannah did not. So right there, right there we see the point where, where this is going to have tension, the point where this is going to get painful for some of us, the point where this is going to get real. And the first way that we see God's, good, God's goodness in this is that God is good even when we don't get it. God is good even when we don't get it. There's nothing in here where God is going to tell Hannah, quit complaining, just be grateful with what you have. But instead what God does is God invades her darkness. God invades her pain. Because for all of us, there are things in life where we want to say, why is this happening? God has must made me blank. Whatever that is, God must have been responsible for the fact that I am filling the blank here. And for all of us, God doesn't do bad things to any of us. God doesn't do bad things to any of us. God is a good God, but the the result of of sin entering the world in Genesis chapter three, the very beginning of your Bible, is that everything has gone sideways. Interpersonal relationships, where we look at ourselves as men and women who are made in God's image, the way that God chose us. God loves us exactly where we are. That's who you are right now, and there are things about us that we hate, about ourselves, about the people that God made that we hate. That's the result of the fall. There are people other people here on earth with us that we can't stand and that's a result of the fall. There are ways that, that we're opposed to God, we're separated from God because of sin. All of that is the result of sin entering into the world and God is good even when we don't get it and even when we struggle with the sin that has entered the world and the way that that affects us. For Hannah in this situation, her not having kids is not because she's been a bad person, which is the way that it was thought of in that society. Having ki- for her not being able to have kids is a result of the fall. God created babies to be born to parents, to be loved, to be nurtured, to be brought up. And because sin entered the world, that whole plan was broken and it was fractured. And so she's here today. We meet her at a point of desperation, at a point of brokenness, at a point of sadness. What Jesus tells us to do in situations like this is he teaches us how to pray. At one point with his disciples, they ask him, okay, Jesus, how do we pray? We've done it. We've seen it done publicly and flamboyantly and loudly. How do we actually pray? How do you want us to pray? And so Jesus begins to tell him, you pray to God like he's your father, a perfect father. You can ask whatever is on your heart. Ask it of him and he's not going to get mad at you for asking. So God, we pray that your name is going to be kept holy. We pray that your will is going to be done and kingdom is going to come. We pray that your will is going to be done on earth just like it is in heaven. We pray that you have no competition in anything that you do on earth, especially not from me. We're asking God, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means, God, may your plan win out here among my life, here in my life, just as it does in heaven. And in doing that, we're putting ourselves, everything that we are, completely under God's control. We're in a series right now called Live Dead, where we look at everything in our life and saying, okay, we're going to do what Jesus tells us to by giving up our life so that we can receive it. Because if we hold on to it, we're definitely going to lose it. So even with the areas in our life where we're like, God, I don't get this. Jesus says, pray and trust me that when you say, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you're actually going to see it. He's saying, I want you to put your trust not in what you can control, not in what you see, but in what I can do through you, what I can do around you, what I can do in your life. God never promises us that we're gonna understand everything. God never promises us that we're gonna have an answer for the brokenness that we endure. That never happens. What he does promise us is to be with us all always even until the end of the age as we walk through a fallen world as we embrace hardship as we embrace suffering god says i'm going to walk with you through that and i will bring you through that sometimes by by reaching my hand in and completely changing everything in miraculous ways in other ways i'm going to take your hand and i'm going to walk you through the darkness i'm going to walk you through the pain and when you don't get it now you will get it later and you'll see the way that i pr- brought you peacefully through every situation so God is good, even when we don't get it. Secondly, God is good, even when people are mean and nasty. Right? This is the result of the fall, okay? Because people are mean and nasty, and they always have been to each other. So verse three, there's Hannah, and then there's Paniah the other wife. And it says this, "Each year Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heaven's armies at the tabernacle, which is like a mobile church, kind of like us. Woohoo. The priests, uh, the priests of the Lord at that time, were two sons of Eli named Hophni and Phineas. On the day Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penaiah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion, because the Lord had given her no children. So Paniah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her, because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Paniah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle, and each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Like, that's brutal. This is a thing that they do year after year, and year after year, it was always the same. Paniah would walk with her family's with her, her and her kids worth of stuff and Hannah would walk alone and she would do this. I mean, you can imagine just her situation. Walking into this thing year after year knowing I'm gonna be taunted. This is not gonna end well. This is gonna hurt. And in this situation, she's got two choices. One of them is to not forgive. And for all of us, I think we, we can look at her situation and say that would make complete and total sense for her to let bitterness grow in her and for one day to get back at Panaya. That would make total sense. But God is calling us to something different. He's calling us to something bigger. He says, when you get offended, which is going to be for all of us, it might have even happened already today. But when you get offended, you have a choice. Are you going to live in forgiveness or are you going to live in unforgiveness? For us to live in forgiveness, we understand the power and the value of that. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, you know forgiveness because God saw you when you were his enemy, when you had done nothing good. And God said, I'm going to send my son for that person's salvation. I'm going to send my son for that person's forgiveness, for that person's new life. I'm going to send my son for them. And before they had ever done anything good, I'm going to take the first step for them. So that when they do ask for forgiveness, I'm going to pour it over their lives liberally. I'm going to pour it over them. So we experience that. We know how to forgive because God forgave us. So we let that flow out of us. We, we become a vessel for God's forgiveness. The other option is to be a dam of God's forgiveness. Just say, just as I've been forgiven by God, but, but that's not the same as what this person did to me. We do that and we begin a cycle of darkness growing in our life when we live in unforgiveness. We get offended just like everybody else, but instead of choosing to forgive, we choose not to forgive. The unforgiveness, it turns to bitterness. Our bitterness turns to anger. And as anger makes room in our heart and and moves in, it brings the devil with us, with it. Our heart becomes hard to God. We sing songs about forgiveness. We hear messages about forgiveness. We hear stories about forgiveness, and we say, that's for somebody else. It's not for my situation. My situation's different. And we become an unknowing agent of Satan and we pass on death to others because we're living in unforgiveness. I think we look at Hannah's life and that's a reason for unforgiveness, but she didn't live in unforgiveness. Instead, she lived in forgiveness. And for some of you, Mother's Day is a tough day. It's a tough day because either the wounds that have been placed on you by your mom or the wounds as a mom that have been placed on you by your kids, then Mother's Day can be a tough day. And the promise of the Lord today is that he's going to be with us always, even until the end of the age. That until our dying breath, God is going to be with us. And in the wounds that we feel either from our children or from our parents, specifically moms today, that God never looks at it and says, it's okay, just get over it. He says, I'm going to be with you. And the penalty of that, the the damage that was done, I've already paid the price for And so what God can do as a perfect parent is he can walk us through that. He can help us to forgive. He can bring the healing that needs to happen. And so if Mother's Day for you being stuck means being stuck on unforgiveness, whether to your mom or as a mom to your kids, what God is saying is today is a day to get unstuck. Because I'm good. And God is good even when people are nasty. So God's good when we don't get it. God's good when people are mean and nasty. Thirdly, God is good even when other people don't get it. This is a really bad but really clear example, okay? The husband decides to speak up. And as a guy, this is a time where we just shut up. So verse 8, the husband says, why are you crying, Hannah? Why aren't you eating? Why are you downhearted? Just because you have no children. Here's the line. You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? No, 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 no. Just take all of those words and put them back in your mouth. Let's pretend that they never got said. Let's catch them on their way out. Put them back in their mouth. Hopefully she didn't hear. But she did. She did. She always does. God is good even when other people don't get it. I mean, apart from Jesus, nobody is ever going to be able to understand our pain, to get our pain. People are always going to say bad things. People are always going to come to you in your moment of weakness, in your moment of pain, and they're going to say the wrong thing. They're going to say the thing that just gets under your skin and hits you in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's what the husband does right here. This is why you're crying. Aren't I enough? Dude, it's not about you. Just be quiet. Just go back to cleaning. This is good. But God is good even when other people don't get it. And when other people say dumb things, we need to be the people who are offering. Forgiveness, we need the people that let love cover a multitude of sins. You have that friend who you are really good friends with, and you can even slip up and say mean things to them, and what do they do? They forgive you. We want to be those people. That's the way that God is with us, is he embraces, he embodies forgiveness. And He's saying, I want you to be good even when other people don't get it, even when you're in a tough relationship, in a tough situation. I want you to be good like I'm good when people don't get it. So, Julie is, uh, she's one of our guests today. She's one of our assets, missionaries uh, in Germany. And so she's going to be sharing with us about how this looks in a ministry context, being, uh, embodying and living out the goodness of God, even when other people don't get it. So, fun fact about Julie uh, is she was here at Mountain View Sunnyside when it very first started. Uh, So, she's going to share with us how, like, the journey from there to now. Has really happened, specifically over the last two years?
1: Yeah, so the, fa- the past two years, I've been working in Pina, Germany, um, at the local church there. So I do graphic design for them, as well as I'm involved in some other areas like worship. Um, but that journey for me did not start with a sudden, um, yeah, just spontaneous voice from heaven saying, go to Germany. That journey actually started here, um, at Mountain View Sunnyside, when um, I was on staff at the main campus. And so I decided to take a step um, when God asked me to come here and to invest my time here and um, God really developed my heart for the church uh, wherever in the world that was. I ended up working for a church plant in Denver for a couple years or for a year as well um, before God, um, yeah, called me to move to Germany. So it was just a process of, um, yeah, seeing God's goodness to his church, seeing how God loves his church um, and how I could be a part of working through that in Germany now. So
0: how has that taken shape specifically around graphic design?
1: Yeah, that's something. Um, the church in Germany is pretty misunderstood. Um, a lot of people view um, the church as something cold and dead and religion isn't really something that's relevant anymore. Um, and so you have these evangelical churches that are really striving to show um, who God is. So people don't really get, um, yeah, what, what a life-giving relationship with God is about. Um, and so as a graphic designer, that's something I love uh, to do is to be able to communicate, um, yeah, just what the church is about, communicate that the church is a life-giving place and a place where people can experience um, God's goodness um, and God's joy and freedom. Um, And so, yeah, that's something that I'm pretty passionate about.
0: Right on. So you're a great example of someone who uses their gifts anywhere where God has sent them. Tell us a story from Pina about how this has really clicked and just been absolutely awesome.
1: Yeah, I think of the story of my friend Steffi, um, and it's a pretty normal story. It's not something um, super crazy, but she came um, to an event because of a flyer last summer um, and decided to check it out. She had no previous experience uh, with the church, and so she came, kind of got, yeah, came here and there, and then a couple months in, made a decision to accept Jesus as her Savior. Um, And then a couple months later, after, yeah, coming and getting more involved, she decided to be a part of a life group and invest and get to know people and to grow. Um, And then a couple months after that, she decided to be baptized. So it was just a process of her learning the goodness of God, of her, um, yeah, learning, um, yeah, just how good God was to her and the freedom that God can bring in her life. And it's cool to see um, that process of growth within the church.
0: Right on. So how can we pray for you for today?
1: Yeah, looking back, uh, it's really cool to see how God has brought the church um, in Pina, um, yeah, just to a place of growth and healthiness and joy. Um, And so as I look in the past at what God has been faithful with, to continue to look forward and place a greater dependence on him um, and to really look forward and know the promise of the goodness of God.
0: Right on, Church, let's stretch out our hands towards Julie and let's pray for her today. So Father, we thank you that you are alive and well and passionate about using sons and daughters uh, who surrender their gifts and their life to you, uh, using them to build, their, to build your church, God. Uh, and Lord, we pray, Numbers 13, 30 over Julie, uh, that where there were doubters, where there were people afraid, Lord, you spoke through a person named Caleb and you said, let's go at once, let's take the land, we can certainly conquer it we pray that Julie is going to have the faith of Caleb moving forward, that as she looks into uh, future months and years uh, of service, God, that uh, when she looks at Germany and your church there and, and her role in that, Uh, that everything is going to be motivated by big faith, that her heart's cry is going to be let's go at once. We can certainly conquer uh, the land that needs to be conquered there, the hearts that need to be given to you, the ministries that need to be started, uh, and the endeavors that that you're going to put on her heart that are going to result in life change. So Jesus, we thank you for that. We pray that you guide her and place her uh, in places and in people's lives who need to hear about you and that she is gonna be an awesome conduit of blessing into their life, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you're in Germany and you're guiding Julie there. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, right on. So God is good even when people don't get it. Fourthly, God is good and he meets us when we pray. God is good and he meets us when we pray. So verse nine, "'Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, "'Hannah got up and she went to pray. "'Eli, the priest, was sitting at his customary place "'beside the entrance of the tabernacle. "'Hannah was in deep anguish, "'crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. "'And she made this vow, "'O Lord of heaven's armies, "'if you will look upon my sorrow "'and answer my prayer and give me a son, "'then I will give him back to you. "'He will be yours for his entire lifetime.'" as a sign and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord his hair will never be cut as she was praying to the Lord Eli watched her Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought that she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request that you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad verse 19, the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I ask the Lord for him. Man, God is good, and he meets us when we pray. Prayer is, is our heart connecting to the loving heart of God. I love it. It's pretty clear here how much every other person in this situation has failed Hannah. Okay, her husband failed her. Aren't I better than 10 kids? The other wife failed her. She goes to the church and the priest who thinks she's drunk fails her. That is not the loving, compassionate arms of God. Are you drunk? No, that's judgment and that's somebody saying things they shouldn't. Everyone fails her except for one person, God. God doesn't fail her. She comes with her burden. She comes with the idea of, am I stuck? Is this my reality? But no, she's pouring out her heart to God, asking to get unstuck from this. And what happens? God completely meets her. Prayers we often say, it's the end of our best and the beginning of God's best. God is good and he meets us when we pray. You've got a difficulty here. Mother's Day is a wound for you. There is a God who knows your heart, who sees your heart, who understands your brokenness and wants to move in that. He promises that he will walk with us into the point of our darkness and he will be with us always. When Jesus says always, he means always. And so we can come to him in prayer. Because our God cares about our hurt and he stands with us in our heart, in our hurt. God is a safe place. God is a God that we can take our pain to and be comforted from him like we would from no one else. Okay, my my kids have an amazing mom. And one of the ways that, that she's amazing is that she is the most emotional and relationally supportive person ever in history. The kids come to her and she's down on their level immediately, holding them, snuggling them, making sure that they know more than just the problem being fixed, that they are loved and cared for. They come to me and I'm like, You want a straw so you can suck it up? That doesn't work out as well. Just absolutely doesn't. But in God, we see the same love, we see the same peace. That God is good and he meets us when we pray. We come to him with difficulty and he doesn't give us a straw so that we can suck it up. He gives us love. He gives us his heart. He gives us mercy. And that's part of God's goodness. For us today here, as as people who have been wounded by our moms or, or as moms who have been wounded by our kids, we know that this is an area where we can bring to God and say, God, will you work here? And God is faithful to do this. Next, God is good, and he takes our commitments seriously. Verse 21 so the next year, Alkana and his family went, to the, went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord, but Hannah didn't go. She told her husband, Wait until the boy is weaned, and then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Alkana said, stay here for now, and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three year old bull for the sacrifice. And a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bowl, they brought the boy to Hannah. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I'm the woman who stood there several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. And now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. And the boy that Hannah give is, that she gives birth to is a boy named Samuel. And so when Hannah says that he's going to serve God his whole life, what we see in the life of Samuel is that Samuel does exactly that. He's God's brave messenger that God sends into situation after situation. He's a judge who travels from city to city giving people wisdom. He's God's voice in people's lives. And this all happens because it's a mom who takes her commitment seriously. When we take our commitments to the Lord seriously, God takes what we offer, takes what we're giving him, and say, God, this is my life. This is what I want you to do with it. And if you can do this, I will do this. God takes our commitment and he uses it. He empowers it. He expects that if we say we're going to do something, that we're actually going to follow through. And when we follow through, we meet the power of God. God is good and he takes our commitment seriously. So this year, if, if your commitment is to get baptized, our next baptism is the second Sunday in June. If it's to go to a prayer meeting and meets Sunday mornings at 845 in the kids' church room, you'll see a sign as you walk in. If your commitment is to start tithing, even though you're afraid of giving away 10% of your money, all these things are areas where God is going to follow our obedience with his power and his glory. He's good and he takes our commitment seriously. And lastly, God is good even when we don't get the Hannah response. God is good even when we don't get the Hannah response. I mean, this situation, it ends perfectly. She's, she's bullied by, her, by the other wife. Her husband doesn't have a clue and she wants a baby and doesn't have one. And what happens in the end? God provides a son for her, an amazing son. And it all ends perfectly. And in our world, it doesn't always end like that. But sometimes it does. And that's why we press in. That's why we pray. But in our world, what always happens is that we see God's goodness in the forgiveness of our sins. That part will never change. As we invite Jesus into our life, Jesus comes and he stays. He puts down roots and he stays. We see God's goodness in our ability to forgive others and live in freedom. That as we let God's forgiveness flow through us into the lives of other people around us, we live in peace And lastly, we see God's goodness and the joy that he gives us, showing us that he is all we need. And so that's where I want us to close uh, this Mother's Day, is looking at our lives, and instead of looking at the areas where we don't have and being bitter, we do one of two things. One, we press in, and we ask for miracles where we don't have. We ask for miracles where we don't have. We worship a big God who can do many things. And one of those things is answering the things that we are broken and that we are hurting for. We worship that God. And we also worship a God who gives us contentment and gives us his peace, even as we walk through the things that we don't have, the things that that weigh on our soul and bring pain to us. We worship that God. And God wants to reveal that to us. He wants to show us that. And so I want us to close today with an attitude of contentment, looking at the things that God has given us and being grateful for those and joy for, joyful for those. And instead of thinking what we don't have, think of what God does, has given us and praying for what we're still waiting for, continuing to pound on the door of heaven and saying, God, this is what I want you to do. That's how we're gonna respond today. So let's stand, let's worship and respond. So Father, I thank you that you're good. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you sent Jesus for us. When we were your enemy, you sent Jesus to pay for our sin, to invite us into a relationship with you. Thank you that that is the biggest good that we could ever ask for and ever experience. And so if you're here today and you've never made the decision to ask Jesus into your life, to ask him to forgive you of your sins, to change you into a new person from the inside of you to the outside of you, I want to give you that chance today. And you're not saying you're perfect, you're agreeing with every other Jesus follower in here that we're sinners in need of a savior and Jesus is that savior. So one, God loves you. He always has, he always will. Today he's calling you to follow him. Two, there are things in all of our lives, mine included, where where we walk away from God, where we say, I'm doing this my way. That's called sin. And Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sin and the separation between us and God because of our sin and bring us into relationship with him. And three, today's your day to say, that's me. I'm ready for a relationship with Jesus. You've never done that before, but you know that today's your day. If that's you today, I just want you to look at me and raise your hand, and as we close, someone's gonna pray with you, and it'll be the best decision you could ever make. So is there anyone like that, where today's your day to say yes to Jesus? If that's you, I just want you to look at me and raise your hand. Someone will pray pray with you as we close. All right, so I'm gonna challenge the rest of us. Let's confirm with our feet what God's doing in our heart, that we're pressing into the goodness of God. If we're pressing into the goodness of God to see him do what he hasn't done yet, then I want us to come forward and ask. You can sit, you can stand, you can kneel at the front, but you're saying, God, this is what I want you to do. You are a good God. This is where I want to see your goodness. And if you feel like your cup is full, come up and ask for a greater heart of contentment, a greater heart to to see the goodness of God and rejoice in that. Let's worship and respond.